Good morning from WKYT News. I'm Bill Bryant and we welcome you to Kentucky Newsmakers. Kentucky's statewide election day is upon us. Voters will go to the polls Tuesday and later we'll hear from the candidates for Kentucky State Auditor, an important position that looks after how your tax dollars are handled and spent. Incumbent Republican Mike Harmon and his Democratic challenger Sherry Donahue will be here shortly. But first, it's been a long and loud campaign in Kentucky and now it's up to voters to make their choices known. Fayette County Clerk Don Blevins Jr. is joining us now to talk about what to be ready for when you show up at the polls on Tuesday. Mr. Blevins, thanks for coming by. It's good to see you again, Bill. Sort of call it our annual visit, right? Yes, yes, <laughs> Get yes. up to date here. Uh, so the first question usually is, are the machines uh, ready and set on zero and ready to go? Yes, your favorite <laughs> question, I know. Yes, of course, they're all set to zero. We inspected them about a week ago. Uh, that means that we print out the zero tapes and make sure that they all are indeed set to zero. The local county board of elections in all the counties in Kentucky does that every election. We've run some testing on them to make sure that they're all accurately set and ready to go. Currently, as I told you earlier, we're actually shipping the machines out to the precincts, physically to the precincts, so that will conclude on Monday. Uh, Monday is the last day to vote in office absentee, so if you're going to be out of the county on Tuesday, and a lot of people are going to see the cats play away, uh, you'll need to get into the office before then in order to vote. Uh, other than that, I think we're ready. This will be the last uh, time that people will use uh, the kind of machines that you have right now in Fayette County. Big, right? big news, yes. Uh, in 2005 and six, we purchased the current set of machines we have, and they've aged not so well. Uh, as you know, the general public really wants to see paper ballots, so we've just concluded a process for bidding, and we're purchasing a new system that will support paper ballots. I hope and plan to have that available for the primary next year. Do you feel that paper ballots are, are more secure or uh, at least there is a better uh, record and, and trail of uh, what happened? I, I think that the public feels more confident in paper ballots and that's more important than whether they really are more secure or not because we need people to feel confident the elections are accurate and fair. So for that reason alone, I very much support paper ballots. Technically, they're slightly more, not any more or less uh, safe than the electronic machines we've been using all these years. This is a very uh, important ballot, obviously, with the statewide races, the off-year election that we have uh, here in Kentucky. Uh, it's not a terribly long ballot, but again, a very important. Uh, what should voters anticipate when they show up at the polls? Well, this year will be a shorter ballot, so I think you won't see lines like you do sometimes. Uh, the last year election with all the local races, sometimes it can take folks a while to get through the ballot, and that tends to make things last longer or take longer. This election will be a lot quicker. Uh, I will just remind everyone, this is one of the most critical elections for you to vote in. Local politics, both state and local, affect your life far more than the national politics do. So please vote. And the Secretary of State has, uh, you know, predicted about a 31 percent uh, voter turnout, which is about in line with 2015. Do you anticipate Lexington doing better than that? We typically do a little bit better than the state average, but I want to caution everyone. The Secretary of State is doing math based on history, which is a proper way to do it. However, Kentucky has become very difficult to predict in turnout terms. Uh, weather can affect the decision-making. Uh, Tuesday, as I understand, it's supposed to rain. We'll have to check in with your meteorologist. If it does rain, that can suppress the vote. I did not see the teachers turn out last time like we expected, maybe not quite as strong, but I know there's still a lot of anger there. They may come out to the polls or not. Uh, the youth vote is a wild card. All the folks between 18 and, say, 35, 
it's really difficult to, to predict. So I could I wouldn't be surprised if we were 27% or 35%. <laughs> well, the results might not be a surprise. This is a, <laughs> this is a tight race. Wild card election that year, mm -hmm. it seems. You know, a lot of voters tell us it is hard for them to uh, to make time to go to the, uh, the polls on election day between 6 a.m. and 6 p.m. They have jobs, they have lives, and so forth. Uh, and there are some who push for no excuse early voting in Kentucky. You have some hesitation on that. I do. Uh, we've seen some studies in other states that have used the no excuse or just flat out early voting, and it doesn't increase turnout. And there's a lot of interesting research into why that occurs. I'll just share a quick anecdote. Uh, Professor Stephen Voss did some research for me a few years ago, and one of the studies that he cited says that there's about 30% of Americans who just flat out won't vote under any circumstance. Those are the people we need to reach, and I'm not sure how to do it. If early voting's not doing it, we've got to find a new way. Have you had a difficult time staffing the polls this year? I know uh, many clerks indicate that is hard. Yes, yes. Over the last couple of years, we've had an increasing level of challenge in that regard. I can't really explain it. My only uh, sense is that people are a little bit worried about the acrimony that's going on in our political atmosphere, and so maybe a little hesitant to work the polls knowing that people are coming in a little angry when they vote. I can't blame them. As uh, people do show up to the polls, uh, what do they need to know what, about the rules, what they need to bring with them uh, on Election Day? As always, you need a valid form of identification. Uh, you'll need to be prepared to vote. That would help us if you know exactly who you want to vote for before you come in. You can go to your county clerk's website and see a sa sample ballot before you go so that you kind of can have an idea. Those are all in place. If you are uncertain about where to vote, you can go to your county clerk's website and look yourself up and see what's your polling location. So all that's available to you. Be ready on Tuesday. If there are problems, uh, a machine goes down or there's some issue at a polling place, uh, what do you do in your office to quickly respond? Uh, we always have problems like that. I want yeah. people to know, but you have to plan for it. So we have spare machines and the like. Uh, last election, I'll share an acute anecdote. We had a young man set a fire in a trash can at the library, one of the library locations, so they had to evacuate the building for a few minutes. But we quickly restored everything and got back in shape. The, uh, occasionally, our older machines will die on us, and so we have to send out a replacement. No big deal. We take care of it pretty quickly. If people see wrongdoing or something questionable going on, uh, what should they do? They can call my office, or better yet, they can call the Attorney General's hotline for reporting any, anything related to the election. All right, at 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. Tuesday. One more thing, and I, I, I'm glad we had just a second here to get this in. Uh, the fees are going up in the clerk's office soon. <laughs> you, uh, and, and this is part of a comprehensive piece of legislation that uh, really uh, should improve the, the, the documents uh, in Kentucky. Uh, but again, fees are going up at the beginning of the year, right? Th that's correct. We're going to start recording electronic documents in Kentucky for the first time in the history of the Commonwealth. Uh, it brings us in line with other states throughout the nation. Uh, the clerks needed a fee increase to support the hardware and software that goes with doing electronic recording. In addition, we were overdue for a fee increase for well over 30 years. So all that's coming into play starting January 1st. Uh, perhaps we could come back another time yeah. and revisit that in more detail. But yes, it's, it's coming. I appreciate that. All right, Don Blevins, Fayette County Clerk, thanks as always. Appreciate you coming. Great to see you, Bill. And stay with us on WKYT's Kentucky Newsmakers as we'll be talking to the candidates for Kentucky State Auditor, Republican incumbent Mike Harmon and Democratic challenger Sherry Donahue, ahead on Kentucky Newsmakers.
And welcome back to WKYT's Kentucky Newsmakers and our continuing coverage of campaign 2019 with the election fast approaching coming up Tuesday. The Kentucky State Auditor has the authority to look over state and local governments top to bottom and to identify waste and misdeeds. Republican Auditor Mike Harmon won a stunning victory in 2015 when he denied Democrat Adam Edlin a second term as auditor. Before being auditor, Harmon had made history by winning a half seat from Danville which was historically in Democratic hands. Now Auditor Harmon is seeking a second term and he joins us on Kentucky Newsmakers. Thanks for coming. We appreciate it. Glad to be here. Uh, why do you believe that uh, the job you have done as auditor sure. over the last four years would suggest that you have earned a second term sure. as auditor? Well, the very first thing we did when we entered the office, we told all our people we don't target anyone, we don't give anybody a pass, we just simply follow the data. You know, we believe that the auditor's office, even though it's elected as a partisan, uh, we believe that once you go into that office, you should take your partisan hat off, put your nonpartisan independent hat on, and go to work. Now, we've been an auditor of first. Uh, we did the very first audit of the CLEP Fund, the Kentucky Law Enforcement Foundation Program Fund, assuring the taxpayer dollars that are intended for law enforcement and make it to law enforcement. We did the very first audit of AOC, which is the Administrative Office of the Courts. Uh, we had several items there. One of them we showed that they had leased space for one of the justices from a company that was owned by his two sons and happened to be three times uh, higher than the next closest bid. Uh, we've also done historic audits uh, that have made press throughout the country, uh, such as Kentucky Wired, where we showed Governor Bashir on the way out the door, flipped the script on the Kentucky taxpayers and took us from a uh, well, basically took us from a $30 million investment to a $1.5 billion obligation on something that has struggled to a certain degree. Hopefully, the, they will finally get that up and rolling. Uh, and so we just stay very busy. We've also tried to be as much of a resource as we can to our officials uh, without you know, impairing our ability to audit. And uh, we've also started doing some uh, things like data bulletins to show the state taking information, distilling it down, like our debt data bulletin that showed that we were 54.6 billion dollars in debt, 80 percent of that the unfunded pension liability. You take that divided by every man, woman, child in the state of Kentucky, that equates to about 12,300 for every man, woman, and child in the state of Kentucky. What kind of balancing act is it to be both advisory and that you're, mm -hmm. you're trying to uh, uh, impart information to people sure. and enforcement because at times you have to turn around and, and uh, refer what you have found to, uh, the, to the criminal investigators. C correct. And we've had several referrals. We you know, obviously a prosecution of the former Jackson County Treasurer uh, and we've had multiple referrals to the uh, Attorney General's office beyond that. Uh, as I said, we stay pretty busy. Uh, but it, it is a balance, but at the same time, as much as we can be a resource, but at the same time, we also have to make sure that we keep a, a certain you know, arm's length to make sure we don't impair our ability to uh, audit. So it is a balance. Do you agree that uh, the agenda of the Office of Auditor can pretty much be set by the occupant of the, of the position at the time? I mean, we have had some who have been very aggressive and we have sure. had others, uh, uh, you know, who maybe saw it as more political political position and maybe a stepping stone. Well, there's a lot of things that are required of the auditor that are statutorily required. 
required, such as the audits of the fiscal courts, the sheriffs, the county clerks. Obviously, when we get into more of what we call the special exams uh, that we talked about a little bit earlier that get a little more high profile, there's a little more leeway in there for the auditor, but it's always important, at least in my opinion, so that you don't impair yourself. You try not to politicize the office. Your opponent has accused you of being a stalking horse for Governor Bevan, not looking into matters involving the state's chief executive. Uh, what do you say to that? Well, I would say we've been in two separate forums. Uh, in both of those forums, she has brought up the fact that the, uh, the head of COT that was appointed by Bevan uh, basically had COT, Commonwealth Office of Technology, had 2,000 servers that were unbacked up. Uh, one of the things she fails to say in both of those cases was that came out in one of our audits, one of our statewide single audits, and actually made the press. Uh, I think the Courier-Journal uh, covered it as well as others. So we will only go where the data leads. But now if the data leads to a Republican, we've referred Republicans to the Attorney General's office. If the data leads to a Democrat, Libertarian, Independent, we will do the same. But we only report what's there. And so it's important for us to always follow the data. How do audits generally start under your uh, administration there? Sure. Well, as I said earlier, a lot of them are just statutorily required, but of the ones of the special exam, sometimes we get those. Someone will maybe call in our tips line, auditor.ky.gov or 1-800-KY-ALERT. Sometimes we will get a request from a secretary, such as with the Kentucky Horse Park. Uh, sometimes we'll get a request for you know, members of the General Assembly and we'll look at that as well. So we stay pretty busy, but like I said, those are some of the ways that we kind of generate those leads to do a special exam. Are you comfortable with the uh, cyber security of uh, most local uh, information that, as far as what you have seen out there? You know, the, the cities, the counties and others are handling right. a lot of information. Yeah, I think it's important for us to always be vigilant, always to work towards uh, making sure that it's secure. My biggest concern with my opponent is she talks like she's going to make sure that she mandates additional audit procedures for IT security. And uh, although we think it's very important and very imperative that people are always vigilant, anytime you expand those, you also increase the cost. And I'll just be honest with you, Bill, uh, right now our counties are struggling even to cover the normal auditing costs. So anything added on is going to make their struggle even more. So it's important for them to be vigilant. It's important for us to be a resource, but mandating that we increase uh, you know, what we actually look at to in regards to the IT audits, uh, it could be a struggle for the counties to handle that. Let's look at the politics of this race, sure. your, your run for re-election. First of all, I mean, how stunned were you that you won in 2015? Well, uh, somewhat stunned. To be honest with you, uh, we only had 40,000 going against Adam Edlin that had 800,000, was described by Rachel Maddow as an up-and-coming, you know, Southern Democrat in the political realm. And to be honest with you, we had looked at some of the numbers and we know some of the polling from the previous year with regards to uh, Mitch McConnell had not been very accurate. So the night of the election, I thought it could go a thousand either way. Now as it turned out, we won by 32,000, but I thought it could go a thousand either way, but certainly it was a true blessing uh, for such a huge upset. Do you believe that the Republican ticket fortunes rise or fall on those of Governor Bevan, uh, or you know, does each candidate uh, have a chance of winning his or her own race? I think each candidate has a, a chance of winning his or her 
own race. Uh, I will say that like anything else, the top of the ticket has some influence. Uh, I, I think in this particular case, you may see percentages of the down ticket actually being higher than Governor Bevin, but I, I certainly think that in this particular case, uh, I think that uh, every one of us on the Republican ticket have an opportunity to win. As you, as we were taping this, you were getting ready to uh, get on the bus, yes. go, and your, your opponent is also on a bus, and uh, what's it like to be out there? crisscrossing Kentucky and meeting those voters. Sure, well, it's great meeting the voters, very energetic. It also brings us as a slight, uh, you know, closer. Uh, we have an opportunity to visit with, of course, I, you know, I've known the governor for a while, I get a chance to visit with them and more uh, on the bus, you know, more of a casual type of event and all the other candidates getting to know them, both the ones that I've served with, such as Allison Ball and Ryan Quarles, but also, you know, our new individuals like Michael Adams and uh, Daniel Cameron and those individuals. If so. you're reelected, is yes. it something you want to see the state legislature do, or do you have a, anything you would like to do very early in your first sure, next sure. term? Well, we're, we're always looking for ways to help the county save money. So, for instance, Senate Bill 144 that we worked with uh, allows your sheriffs and your county clerks to save money if they've had clean audits the year before. We'd also like to see, because when the sheriffs, in addition to their standard financial statement audit, uh, they also have their tax audits. And there's a situation now where the reporting revenue periods don't overlap or they, you know, they're, they're outside. So we want to work with the Department of Revenue and get those all on one reporting period so we only have to do one audit instead of three. Under Mike Carmen, thank you for coming. We appreciate it. He's thank you for Republican running for re-election on Tuesday. And when we come back, we'll meet his Democratic opponent, uh, that's uh, Sherry Donahue, and we're back in a moment. Welcome back to Kentucky Newsmakers here on WKYT. We are joined by the Democratic candidate for Kentucky State Auditor now, Sherry Donahue. She has a bachelor's in industrial engineering from Purdue. She worked for the U.S. Navy for 20 years, and most recently she worked in cybersecurity for Humana, one of Kentucky's biggest employers. Happy to have Sherry Donahue, candidate for State Auditor, with us. Thank you for coming in. We appreciate it. Thank you. What, uh, why are you running for this office? Well, you know, um, the first time I ran for office was last year. I ran for state senate in Louisville against Julie Rocky Adams. Did pretty well. Um, but the one thing that I learned most about that campaign was um, I was impacted by how people were saying they had lost faith in government. They felt like their votes didn't, didn't matter. It didn't count. Um, it was the us versus them type thing. And so, um, you know, I spent my career working for the Navy protecting our taxpayers, protecting our men and women in uniform. And so, um, you know, I knew that I had uh, the experience to be able to take on this office and make a difference. Um, so bottom line, people lost faith in government, and I feel that the cornerstone of any democracy is people having faith in it. A Kentucky auditor can be about as aggressive as the office holder wants. It is an independent office, independently elected. It does not serve at the pleasure of the governor or the legislature. Uh, you can go after just about anything you want to. Uh, how would you approach that job? Well, the first thing is I'm going to be responsive to the needs of the office. You know, I'm sure that when Adam Edelin was elected that he didn't know that the first thing he'd have to do is audit Richie Farmer. Um, but I will go into the office. The one thing I want to do is audit the auditor's office. 
Uh, our current auditor promised that he would do so four years ago, and he hasn't done it. He's done peer reviews, but that's not the same as auditing the auditor's office. I want to make sure our office is in order first. Um, but I definitely want to uh, do some reorganization. I want to make sure that our IT security audits are prominent and that we are doing those with the county governments. Um, I want to make sure that we have a branch in the auditor's office that can offer opinions to help people be compliant. Um, and then some of the things I want to look at, the pension system, uh, of course, um, Riverlink. Um, we have, you know, we have an auditor who has not done a lot of things that he should do, like, you know, questioning uh, Brady Industries and economic incentive packages or the governor's cover-up of the use of the state plane. So, again, I will be responsive to the needs of the office, um, but when there are things that concern our citizens, I will definitely ask those questions. So if you were in office and something maybe even came into the news cycle, this might be something you would jump on. You, you mentioned uh, the, the River Pass uh, situation. That is the, uh, for folks in our market, uh, that, that is folks who cross the Ohio River and, and have a pass and you have concerns about how that's being accounted? Right. Um, well, yes, if you're going from Louisville over to southern Indiana, um, they just have cameras that take a picture of your car and your license plate and they send you a bill, theoretically. However, for so many people, myself included, so many people that have crossed the bridge, they don't get a bill until several months later, and at that point, it's past due. So instead of paying $2 and something, you might be paying $80 because of late fees. And, the, and then sometimes they'll bill you two and three times for the same trip. It's just not being managed correctly. And um, so that's something that is of huge concern to the people in that area. Um, another thing, the people in eastern Kentucky, it's going to be things like Martin County water. That's a huge issue that I definitely want to look into because it's not just about Martin County, it's about all of our counties. I want to make sure that that doesn't happen to any other county in the state. If we're not doing anything about it, those things will continue to happen. We live in a time when uh, the political scene is tough out there. Uh, there's no doubt, and I'm sure you've experienced that on the campaign trail. Uh, Auditor Harmon has said that he has uh, done his best to be very nonpartisan in his uh, approach uh, to the way he is uh, follow the data as his uh, mm -hmm. campaign slogan has gone and it's something that he has said throughout his tenure in office. Uh, but you at one point have called the auditor a puppet for Governor Bevan. Uh, do you feel that uh, that he is not as independent as he should be? Absolutely. Um, like I said, there are several things that the auditor's office should be looking into. One thing for sure is um, four years ago he promised that he would do a full audit of the pension system. We're four years in, and the only thing he's done is an audit of the transparency of the pension system, which is not about what's going on. And when questioned about it uh, on KET, he said, well, the governor did the audit of the pension system, so he didn't have to. This should be an independent office. Um, you know, and I feel like that uh, our current auditor only follows the data until it leads to his political allies. So he's not doing the pension audit. He's not doing an audit of Brady Industries or of the governor's plain use. So there's several things that should be done. So my contention is we don't need somebody who's going to follow the data. We need somebody who's going to be a leader. Uh, we've had enough followers. It's time for leadership in that office. You have mentioned that you would focus on cybersecurity, and that mm -hmm. is your area of expertise. 
expertise. What has Kentucky uh, not done uh, that uh, potentially that concerns you about uh, possible vulnerability to uh, to attacks or problems? Our county govern governments are not being uh, assisted in any way. If a county government calls on the Commonwealth Office of Technology to help them and they send somebody out, that county government has to pay $75 an hour for help from the state. That's not right. We need to be providing them with information on doing backups or doing patching, on uh, basic training of changing passwords or not clicking an unknown link. Um, as I've talked to people in uh, PBA and treasurers and uh, county clerk's offices, they want that help with cybersecurity. There's a lot we can do to help them. And when we go out and do these uh, financial audits, we need to be offering them advice on things that they can do to help themselves be more protected. So you see the offices having an advisory role as well? Absolutely, absolutely. Now that office should be there to make sure our taxes are being used in compliance with the regulations and protecting our taxpayers and protecting their information. But um, some people just see it as a way to do a, a gotcha, right? Now don't get me wrong, if we find anybody that is, you know, there's any criminal activity, I absolutely will search out waste, fraud, and abuse wherever it is and whoever's responsible for it. I don't care what their party is. You know, I worked for the, for the Navy for 20 years under two Republican presidents and two Democrat presidents, and it never mattered to me the party of the Commander-in-Chief. I had a job to do, and I did it. And I will do the same as Auditor. As you uh, campaign for this office, uh, you're, you've, uh, you're on a bus tour now. We taped this just before you were getting ready to, to leave right. and that sort of thing. Have you enjoyed the experience of, uh, of going across the state? It has been the joy of a lifetime. It has been such a unique experience, and I've enjoyed every minute of it, uh, even through a broken ankle, through most of it. Um, but that's the thing about it. It's just so amazing to be able to get out there and talk with people from all different backgrounds. You know, from Western Kentucky to Eastern Kentucky to Northern Kentucky, people are different in what their concerns, their specific concerns are. But ultimately, people want a government that works for them and just being able to talk to people you know um, and whenever anybody asks me what's the best part about running for office is talking to people that are going to be electing you and being responsive to their needs and you know we were talking earlier how everybody knows somebody that you know it's a small state when you get talking to people it's a large state when you're trying to drive across it but it is beautiful especially this time of year the trees are just gorgeous so uh, it gives me even more pride than I already had about being a Kentuckian. Do you predict victory on Tuesday? I do. I do. Appreciate you coming. Thank, Thank you, you very, very much. much. And that is Kentucky Newsmakers. Thank you for joining us. Don't forget to vote on Tuesday and join us for election coverage Tuesday night and make it a good week ahead.